It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. give you something if there was fallout from the Oilers and Sharks there isn't and that's fallout in and of itself yeah I mean either way the result was going to be noteworthy if the Oilers lost that game and they haven't done anything yet nobody's been fired nobody's been traded but that alone feels worthy of doing a podcast for just because this is insane yeah, they lose 3-2, Oil Shark Bowl, everything you wanted and more. It honestly feels like a fever dream. Like, it, it genuinely, I can't believe that that happened. Uh, I, I can't believe they can. lost. I mean, but go on. <laughs> I mean, I can believe it in theory, and I did my best to manifest it, but I didn't actually think that it was going to happen in reality. The Oilers needed that game so bad, and to not get it, it's very rare you you look at a game in early November and you're like, this is a must-win game for a Stanley Cup contender. And for them to be as flat and as lifeless, I mean, I, they were the better team. I teased <laughs> that were- yesterday, though. Like, sometimes you do say, how could a team possibly lose this game? They can't let this one slip away. And you know within the first 10 minutes of the game of like, oh, no, they don't have it. They're either hurt or they're demoralized. Both of which I think they are, but I thought I think we were sleeping on the possibility of them being so down bad mm-hmm. that it wasn't just a oh shit we kind of forgot to try the first however many games of the season. They're in a fucking bad way, and when you're in a bad way, especially if you're a team like the Oilers that is beginning with being all over the place, like I personally, I'm very annoyed and fucking saddened by it. But I am not shocked. It was, I was telling people, do not fucking touch this game betting-wise unless you're getting great odds on the Sharks because it was no slam dunk that the Oilers were going to... I did take the Sharks, yeah? which is funny. Yeah, I took them like plus 230 or something, 235. But yeah, I mean, the Oilers were the better team in that game. But obviously, because they were playing the Sharks. I was going to say, I <laughs> hope they would be. But once Mackenzie Blackwood started making saves and the Oilers weren't getting out to a lead and it didn't seem like they had a ton of urgency, 
I was like, oh, baby, this this could actually happen. And it was it was a close game. It was an entertaining game. The Oilers made a last second push, which is so perfectly Edmonton that they kind of made it a game at the end. But you were like, they're definitely not going to win this game. <laughs> and that it was the Nuge who was fucking everything up the entire game that gets them back in it. Like yeah. that was the most Oilers thing in the world. Ryan Nugent Hopkins can't stay out of the penalty box. Can't keep holding his team back. Even in the beginning of the game, they got a breakaway off a... They got, there was a shorthanded breakaway for the Sharks that came from a Connor McDavid Turnover, giveaway yeah. in the neutral zone. And you had to have Stuart Skinner bailing out Connor McDavid. Big save. Was, which was... The, Stu Skinner wasn't bad no, in this game. Not. I mean, he certainly had a better that's, night than Jack Campbell. I think Campbell. that's like the bigger thing here is that they got pretty decent goaltending and they still lost the game. It, it's just really, it really is at a breaking point. And like, it seems crazy that we have to say that it's at a breaking point now. And we've been saying that it's at a, it's been about at a breaking point the entire week, but you can't, you can't not do anything after that. They, they have to do something. They have to make a trade. They have to make a firing. Either one. Elliot Freeman said that, uh, they were working on something this week involving goal, goaltending that did not involve Jack Campbell. That was not the the move. That was not the big thing. They had some big thing that fell through. It didn't happen. So maybe we keep our eyes peeled if they make any sort of move. You had Kevin Weeks last night on ESPN. Uh, at least uh, diversifying the trade for a Bruins goalie conversation <laughs> because he said they should trade for Jeremy Swayman. A lot of people are saying that the Oilers uh, should have or currently should trade for Linus Olmark. I think the I mean, we've said it on this podcast, even in its infancy, that the Oilers should have spent the offseason trying to get Lena Solmark. At any rate, they're seemingly trying to do something in net. As for the coaching situation, I fucking hate lip read Twitter so goddamn much. And I'd forgotten how much I hated lip read Twitter. Lip read Twitter was on one last night because you had Jay Woodcroft and assistant coach Dave Manson walking across the ice after the game. Woodcroft says something Manson clearly says yup and as a result of that I see a million tweets that say Jay Woodcroft appears to say we're getting fired or appears to say well Dave that might be it he didn't I don't know what he appears to say and I'm an okay lip reader lip read Twitter with sports is we want them to be saying this so if you look at it and it's from far away Maybe they're saying that it's like one of those tricks with the audio things where it's like, what does, does it, sound it say like? this yeah. or this? And depending on what you're listening for, yeah. you hear that thing. Um, yeah. I mean, is there an, is there a chance that Jay Woodcroft was like, was that an appropriate thing it? for them to, for him to be saying? Probably. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, back to like, you got to do something like it, you, I, I think it seems like based off of what you said, based off of what Elliot said, mm. uh, that they were close Credit to making me, a please. big trade. Yeah, crediting, <laughs> crediting you for crediting Elliot. Yeah. It seems like they they want to go the trade route first, which makes sense to me. You shake things up. Uh, if they want to go the trade route, it's going to be hard for them to make a trade, especially a significant trade, given the, the situation with their cap and with their roster. It's going to be hard for them to make a trade. If you decide that you want to make a trade and you're not able to pull the trigger on one in the next day, maybe like 12 hours. You can't do that. Guess what? You fire Ken Holland. Like you have something has to happen. This team is not playing like they're inspired. And I don't know if firing somebody or trading somebody inspires this team, 
but you gotta try. That's another slept on thing with this whole thing that they kind of have a lame duck GM in Ken Holland. Yeah. Uh, Elliot Friedman, he's really on one, uh, also mentioned like he's expected to retire at the end. Like this is expected to be his last year anyway. And I'm no fan of the job that Ken Holland has done in Edmonton. So I mean, dating back to Detroit, right? Not a big fan. So what do you do? Because we've seen lame duck GMs either in the last year of their deal or people who are on watch, clearly on thin ice. Usually ownership ties a hand behind their back and says, oh, no, 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 buddy, you're not doing anything to save your job here. But I would think any sort of job saving measure from Ken Holland would also jibe with a season saving measure for the Oilers. If I'm the Oilers, I'm taking my first round pick off the table right now because with the Oilers luck, it currently projects to be number one overall. They're <laughs> tied for, I think they're still the 31st team in the league. Plus you're the Oilers and anytime you can, you're in the lottery, you saying. got a great chance. You're going to win the lottery. If you're in the mix, Sean's shaking his head. Connor McDavid should be a Buffalo Sabre. That's all. That's why I a think. Connor Bedard should be an Anaheim duck. <laughs> That's true. There's I, I, I think like if we're talking about that sort of magnitude of trade, obviously Connor McDavid's not going to be traded, but like, no, no, but trading a first round pick for the Oilers is not a high magnitude thing unless you are what you are right now. Like if, if you trade your, no, I know I'm, I'm saying like he mentioned Connor McDavid, like, that's off the table, but I don't think the trading Leon Dreisaitl is oh, off no, the table. I, I was he meant they should have won the, the lottery. The, the, trade lo- the draft lottery. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, that would have been amazing, though, if Sean just dropped in, like, trade yeah. McDavid. Yeah, like, yeah bro. David, like, uh, Damn, Sean's could, bringing the heat in this episode. Basically, anybody you want not named Tage will take McDavid off your hands. Yeah, they should do something. I don't know. I'm, like, talking myself out of the Jay Woodcroft thing. And I've been saying all week, if they Firing? lose this game, they have to fire Jay Woodcroft. But fuck, like they have done, at least regular season wise, they've done so well under him. Like he has been an answer there. This has been a good fucking thing. And right now, whether it's because Ekholm and McDavid aren't right, I think they are just very, very demoralized. And maybe that is like, hey, maybe we don't like this guy. But until I hear... They don't like Jay Woodcroft. I think I'm a little more understanding of them saying, you know what? Let's see what happens Saturday against Seattle. Yeah. Well, I, I just I just don't think that you can you can have that mindset for much longer. Like a couple more losses and their chances plummet for saving the season. I mean, that's they're in such a fucking hard division. Vegas is awesome. The Canucks are awesome. The, Can- the Kings, Kings are awesome. The Ducks are a surprise team. The Kraken are there. And Sean, we've got how many days until U.S. Thanksgiving? 13 days until U.S. Thanksgiving. And that's not the end-all be-all. But when you're in a division with three teams at least that are fucking running away with it, right now as I look at the Oilers, I think it's I, I think it is highly doubtful, highly doubtful that they're anything better than a wild card team. That's fucking crazy to be saying on November 10th. Uh, it's crazy, but it's correct. And especially considering that two weeks away from, from U.S. Thanksgiving, if the Oilers do get it together, you're requiring them to be a very good team nonstop, basically, from December to, to March slash April, which they can it, which do they because can we do. think they're that the they're the Edmonton are, Oilers. Yeah. Like they always hit a stretch 
during um, an 82-game season where they're horrible and things are falling apart. This year, it's happening straight out of the gate. And I think that adds way too much pressure to the Oilers because they just have no cushion. And I don't think they can go several months without things falling apart, at least a tiny bit. And so you're putting so much pressure on them to be perfect down the stretch here. And I just, I don't see it happening. I'm not, I'm not like writing them, not writing them off. I'm not writing their death certificate because they do have a ton of talent, but like, I, I just knowing what I know about the Oilers, I am not trusting them to, to be good enough the rest of the way to get themselves out of this hole. I also will remind people of the 2010-11 Bruins. They had a game on December 20th against the Ducks that was the, if you lose this fucking game, everybody's got to go. They got a clean house and they lost at home and they were horrible. It was as rock bottom as rock bottom gets and they didn't fucking fire anybody and people were like, what is going on? And I was covering that team. They were fighting, like physically, they were fighting each other in practice. And the next game, they fucking killed and beat up the Atlanta Thrashers. There were a million fights. They won the Stanley Cup that year. So you can come back from the, if you don't fire everybody now, when do you fire them? Maybe it is a day late, a couple days late. If they go out and get the doors blown off on... Saturday against Seattle, I agree with you. You have to say the clock, Mona Lisa Vito, is ticking too loudly and you have to do something to try to save the season. And maybe at that point you fire Woodcroft. But you know what? Maybe you fire Woodcroft five minutes after this conversation. And that I will also say I kind of understand, but I am still understanding of, wait, like what are our good pieces? I still consider Jay Woodcroft a good piece. So if there's a way they can salvage this. If they're playing for him, yeah, sure. But they're not playing for him right now. Yeah, Uh, I don't think they, I certainly don't think they were last night. I'm also leaving some room to say that like maybe this is the best thing for the Oilers. Like we don't know. They get hot and they become a wild card team heading into the playoffs Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they, with, in that scenario, they pro they're probably riding a heater into the postseason and they enter the postseason as like this scrappy come from behind team rather than this team that has so much expectation to be like a Stanley cup contender. Maybe they enter into the playoffs with like a fuck you mindset where you, nobody believed in us. We got in here. Now we have more to prove. Like I'm leaving some room for that, but just based on the the shape of that team and sort of the fact that McDavid is not right, the fact that there's no real fire in that that locker room, it doesn't seem. They're not playing with any intensity, not playing with any urgency. There's just no real room to be encouraged about that team right now. Do you think that anybody starts requesting trades? And obviously the no. juiciest one would be Leon Dreisaitl. McDavid's not... No, I don't McDavid's going to be there forever. But do you think... I don't know. Not midseason. Maybe like maybe if they miss the playoffs, things go wrong. Leon Dreisaitl has one year left on his deal. Maybe he requests a deal. Maybe the Oilers look to trade him without even him doing that. Maybe Connor McDavid says, I've had enough of this. I, I don't see that happening. Um, no way on McDavid. I, it would not surprise me if, and obviously this isn't informed at all, but it would not surprise me if Leon Dreisaitl is looking around at this and is like, what the fuck? This isn't going anywhere. This isn't the year to be requesting a trade because nobody has any cap space, but 
Yeah, cap uh, goes up over the summer, and he's I'm got a, one year left on that deal. I've been on, you know, I, I've fucking been on dry saddle watch. We're gonna find out so much about the future of this team with if he signs the second he can, because the Oilers should be throwing a shit ton of money at him. And if there's any hesitance on his part, then it's like, okay, oh boy, could be the beginning of the end there. But we had to hit the Oilers. We just had to because. I don't know. Like, if the Oilers won this, we probably wouldn't have been doing a celebratory thing. We would have been like, hey, no, enough you don't fu- about, about fucking time. But yeah, you don't celebrate beating the Sharks. Like, the, reason, would, that, the, reason, the reason that we're doing this right now is because they needed to and they should have and they didn't. And I, I, I still think that, like, they need to and they should make a shakeup and they haven't. And I think that's worth discussing as well. And, uh, you know, the, the this has got to be the most interesting team in the NHL right now for all the wrong reasons. All right, that's bonus content coming your way on a Friday. Have a lovely weekend. Oilers are back in action on Saturday, and we'll have a lot to react to on Monday, plus some banger guests next week. Already lined up. Incredible. My favorite interview, I think, that we've done to this point comes Ooh. out next week, which is we're going to read because Connor I love Brad Marchand. I love mm. uh, I loved Connor Bedard, but I think that the one that we're getting ready to release this week is probably m- my favorite of the bunch. And uh, I'm very excited for uh, for you all to hear it and see it. Subscribe to the YouTube. Subscribe to the Spotify, the Apple podcast, the Google podcast, everywhere you can get a podcast. Give five stars. Do all that. Give five stars. Give us positive reviews. We love you. Thank you for tuning in to Unscheduled Chaos. We will see you. Shout out the Twitter user who came up with that, by the way. That's right. Stole that. It's uh, it's not a bonus episode. It's Unscheduled Chaos. It is a bonus episode, but then we're going to call them Unscheduled Chaos. Shut the fuck up. Okay, we'll see you on Monday.